0: welcome to episode 50 on the powers on sports podcast i'm your host jason powers down here in sunny tampa florida as we get ready to approach labor day weekend so we are going to do tonight is an afc 2020 team by team preview in our last episode we did the nfc so you should check that out Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, all the major podcast platforms. You should be able to find us under the powers on sports by doing a search. But again, tonight we are going to break down the AFC. There's been some good some news coming out of the NFL and especially the AFC in the last couple of days. Big, the big transaction of, the, of this week is one Leonard Fournette was released outright by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was just signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my team. Brady adds to the arsenal with Evans, Gronkowski, Godwin, now Leonard Fournette. So, we again, we, uh, another big move that happened this week is, again, involving the Jaguars. They traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Minnesota Vikings for peanuts, a couple of low-round draft picks. Ngakwe wanted so desperately to get out of Jacksonville, he took about a six, 5 or $6 million pay cut from the franchise tag to go to Minnesota to get the hell out of Jacksonville. So we're getting ready to talk about Jacksonville in just a few minutes in our breakdown, but Jacksonville is dumping, dumping, dumping. This is called TrevorLawrence.com. It's the theme of the 2020 season in Jacksonville. So, uh, again, no preseason games. The final roster cutdowns from 80 to 53 are going to happen this weekend. You will see a lot of transactions, one from teams cutting their own guys and then teams picking up or trading for other guys from other teams. So, There will be a flurry of activity this weekend as teams try to get down to 53 guys for their active roster. Remember they've expanded the practice squads this year to I think 16 guys on the practice squad to kind of account for the COVID scenarios. So you're going to see a lot of teams again keeping 16 guys on the practice squad which gives them plenty of depth. Um, It'll be interesting to see how much movement there is from team to team of guys that get cut because there have been no games and very little to no game tape of anybody to see anybody playing games, so it'll be interesting to see how much poaching happens uh, by teams for guys that get cut in this in this wave of cuts that go from eighty to fifty three. Come this weekend, games start in a mere eight days, a week from Thursday. Is the Chiefs and the Texans? The Chiefs uh, will host the Houston Texans Thursday night in Arrowhead. Uh, no uh, no fans from what I am understanding, so again, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So let's start off. We're going to start off in the AFC West. We are going to start with those Kansas City Chiefs, the defending world champions. Came back from a 27-17 fourth quarter deficit. Their big... To win Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, Andy Reid's first ever Super Bowl as a head coach. You know he's been uh, to the the championship game many many times. He lost the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Finally got his uh, validation as a head coach by winning his Super Bowl last year. Andy Reid and Brett Veach, the GM, just signed a coordinating six year extension, so they're going to be tied to the hip for quite some time. Patrick Mahomes got his mega deal, four hundred million dollars the highest paid player in league history he probably deserves every penny of that Uh, the from all indications it was a very uh you know team friendly type of type of deal for a guy that's making 40 million dollars a year and uh mr mahomes just proposed to his girlfriend the other day saw some if you saw some video online of of the diamond ring and all that good stuff the chiefs got a sneak peek of their super bowl ring apparently it's a monstrosity of a super bowl ring so Uh, The Chiefs also were able to get Chris Jones, their franchise player, under contract to a long-term deal. So, again, the Chiefs did a great job this offseason keeping their guys. 21 of 22 starters appear to be returning. They did not get decimated in free agency. They've done a great job managing their salary cap. Again, they've kept all the cornerstones. They've kept Chris Jones. They've got Kelsey under contract. They've got Mahomes. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. They're out of LSU to be their kind of their future running back for the next handful of years. The big question in Kansas City is can that defense get to be a top 15 defense? They don't have to be a top five, top 10 defense with that offense and then they got rolling in Kansas City. If they can just be middle of the pack, a top you know, 15, 14, 15, 16 kind of defense with the firepower they have, they are going to be a devastating team to, to deal with for the next five or six years. So, again, the Chiefs, can they de- can they play enough defense? They, they got just enough defense in the Super Bowl. Uh, the AFC West is, is, is uh, a up-and-coming division. You have the Raiders. You got the Chargers. You have Denver all making strides. And we're going to talk about them here in just a second. So, again, is this the start of a dynasty in Kansas City with, with Andy Reid, Mahomes and Veach, Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, all those kind of guys, or is this kind of going to be a salary cap situation where in a year or so, they're going to have to be making some hard decisions. So it would be interesting to see how Brett and Andy manage the salary cap. One of the best-run franchises in the league, stability with the Hunt family. So congratulations to the Hunts for their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Let's move to Denver. the Broncos, Drew Locke. Is he their guy in the Mile High City? He played very well the last three or four games of last year. The Broncos finished last year at 7-9. Vic Fangio's first year as the head coach. In the draft, they went out and picked up Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, to go along with Cortland Sutton. So they were going to have a very good wide receiving core. They drafted Noah Fant, tight end, Iowa, the, the year before. So they should have some good offense. They went out and signed Melvin Gordon to team up with Lindsey for a pretty good running game. They had a really good running game last year. But, again, can Drew Locke get it done as a second-year player? You still have the devastating pass rush tandem of Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller probably will be one of the top two or three d- defensive end combinations in the league. The back seven will be interesting to see how they rebuild the back seven. Some guys are gone. Chris Harris is gone. Um, They did keep their safety, Simmons, but again, how do they rebuild the back back seven of that defense will be key. Again, a very good defensive coach in Fangio. Is Fangio a head coach, or is he going to be a better defensive coordinator? So that's going to be the question coming out of Denver. Uh, Again, look for an improved Denver team. Again, a team on the rise. They've got some offensive players. And again, if Drew Locke, who they stole in the second round from Missouri, can turn out to be a player, Denver will definitely be a factor to be dealt with. Let's go to the L.A., the Chargers. Interesting offseason for the Chargers. They finished the 2019 season at 5-11. and Very disappointing down the stretch, the end of the Phillip Rivers era. Lost a ton of close games. Rivers killed no, I won't say killed him, but he, he costly turnovers late in a lot of games. They just had a very tough time winning those close games. The L.A. Chargers drafted sixth overall. They took Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon, as the future. Anthony Lynn has just named Tyrod Taylor the starter. So, again, it will be interesting to see how that goes and how long that lasts. I am not convinced Tyrod's a long-term starter. To me, he's an 8-and-8 kind of guy. He just doesn't have the arm talent and the offensive wherewithal to be a prolific thrower in this league. Uh, Running back-wise, it seems like they're going to go with the Eckler as their main guy. I'm not sure he's designed and built to be that guy, but we'll see. Defensively, very good defense, but they're being decimated by injury. Derwin James out again for the entire 2020 season, knee issue. He just cannot stay healthy. He's been a great player the one year he was healthy. He was hurt last year. He's going to be out all again this year. He's a Florida State guy. He's a guy I want to see succeed, but he just cannot stay healthy. Bosa signs a huge extension in the offseason. Joey Bosa, highest played defensive player in the league, over $100 million. Do do the Chargers have enough offense? They are uh, opening up their new stadium in L.A., so it will be interesting to see how that goes. How will, the, will they get any support in the L.A. market? Very poor uh, support in the last couple of years when they were playing in Carson. But will they get enough support? Will it be a home game for them, or will it be a home game for the visitors when the Chargers are at home? I don't see the Chargers making the playoffs uh, with Tyrod Taylor, but we will see. Unless there's a major offensive uh, increased output, Mike Williams, hurt again, shoulder, uh, wide receiver out of Clemson, been there a couple years, often injured. Too many injuries in in L.A. for me to think that they're going to be a contender. Uh, Possibly they'll contend for the seventh seed in the wild card race. Remember this year, there are seven teams from each, each conference to go to the playoffs, not six. Only the top seed will get a bye going into the playoffs. The other six teams will have to play on that wild card weekend. Let's head to John Gruden Land, Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, new stadium in Las Vegas, relocation from Oakland. This is a make-or-break year for Derek Carr. This There will not be another year of mediocrity or indecision about what the Raiders are going to do at quarterback. This is it for Derek Carr. Either he's going to be the guy or he's not. They signed Mariota to be a backup quarterback. Don't be surprised if you have another Tannehill situation like happened to Mariota last year in Tennessee, where after three or four games, Oakland lost slash Las Vegas say we're going with Mariota if they get off to a slow start. But can Derek Carr do it? They've they reinforced the offensive weapons. They drafted Henry Ruggs, the speedster out of Bama, who's going to be a major deep threat for them. They've got Waller. They've got a big time running back in Jacobs. They've got a good offensive line. Derek Carr, you have to push the ball down the field. Gruden is tired of the Dinkin and Duncan. Derek Carr really has never been the same since he broke his ankle three or – I think it's been four years ago when he was on track to potentially be the MVP. For some reason, he just had a, had a tough time pulling the trigger. Um, defensively, major overhaul on defense. Uh, the whole linebacking core has been overhauled. They've increased – they drafted a guy out of Ohio State in the first round. Uh, Damon Arnett, who is the uh, – n- related to Chris Carter – Um, So, you will see, can the Raiders defensively make a jump to be, again, a top 15 defense? Because their offense was was decent, but they've got to make a big jump on the defensive side if they're going to be a contender. The Raiders came out of last year at 7-9. Again, Gruden's third year out of a 10-year deal. No pressure on him still, but people in Las Vegas are going to be gaga over the Raiders, which is great. But, You do need to see some productivity out of Derek Carr, or there will be a change at quarterback sooner rather than later. Let's go to the AFC East. Let's go to Foxborough. Tom Brady and the era is over in New England. Can Belichick put together another championship-type team with no Tom Brady? The question of the day, was it more because of Tom Brady, or was it more because of Belichick? We're getting ready to find out in both scenarios with Brady in Tampa and Belichick in New England. The the Patriots did bring in Cam Newton, who looks to be their starter. Stidham has had some injury issues in training camp. Uh, Hoyer's not going to be the guy. He's a strict backup. You've heard lots of uh, praise coming out of Belichick's mouth the last few days about uh, Cam Newton. How is Tom Brady taking those comments, saying Cam Newton's the hardest worker he's ever been around, yada, yada, yada. I bet it's a little dig at Tom Brady and their relationship, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Can Josh McDaniels create an offensive scheme that can maximize Cam Newton's abilities to still run and throw? Newton has, has had a hard time staying healthy, shoulder issues, foot issues. But if Newton can stay healthy and they can get a little bit of productivity on the outside with the wideouts, this could be a dangerous team. Um, a plethora of running backs to deal with. A name to be looking out for possibly is Damian Harris, the running back out of Alabama. They, uh, they passed on Leonard Fournette. Sony Michelle still been hurt, so be on the lookout for Damian Harris. Year two in New England for him. Defensively, four to five guys on defensive opted out. Chung, uh, defensive lineman, Hightower, they, they they were decimated by some of the COVID opt-outs on defense. So, again, we'll see what kind of game planning and scheming and, and, and coaching that Belichick can come up with. Because, again, uh, if the Patriots can keep Cam Newton healthy, they'll be in the mix in the SEC. Everybody thinks this division is Buffalo's to lose, but as long as the Patriots have some decent quarterback play, they're going to be in the mix. Again, weakness up for the Patriots is a wide receiver. You got Nikhil Harry, you got Edelman. They just released Mohamed Sanu, who was a, who was a disaster there. Belichick gave up a second-round pick for him last year, which turned out to be a disaster. He was just released today. So again, can the can the Patriots find some receivers? They'll be a team that will be active in this cutdown period, whether it's trade or picking up guys that were released. The Patriots are always very active when it comes to these uh, the cutdown day prior to Week One, so be, be be aware of the Patriots. Let's head to New York, the Jets. Adam Gase, year two. Question number one: Can Gase get along with his guys in the locker room? There's always been bicker and banter coming out of that locker room about how they don't like Gase, this and that. You had you heard Jamal Adams, you've heard Le'Veon Bell. They've had some squabbles, some social media. Twitter squabbles about that. For whatever reason, Gase is just not very personable and doesn't seem to get along with a lot of the guys in the locker room. They came off year two, year one in, with Adam Gase. They were 7-9, and nine, did a pretty good job down the stretch. Remember, Darnold was out early with an appendectomy, and he came back and played fairly well at the end. Uh, the, pay, the Jets got to win more on the road. They were 2-6 and six last year on the road. Again, if Darnold continues to develop... The Jets are moving in the right direction. you got to find the the appropriate role for Le'Veon Bell. Underutilized last year. You paid a ton of money for him. I know Adam Gase apparently didn't want Le'Veon Bell, but you got Bell, so you got to use him. Jamal Adams, defensively, their best player, shipped out to Seattle. They got a great uh, haul of, of draft picks and players, so I have no problem with that. Jamal Adams is good, but he ain't that good. If you can get a number one and two number ones and a player for him, you tr- make that trade every day of the week. Sam Darnold, can you stay healthy, Sam? You know, Nixon Knacks, he's, he's got good arm talent. He's a smart guy. Can you stay healthy? They, they signed uh, Perriman. You've got some, you got Jamison Crowder. you got an underrated tight end in Herndon. you got a good back in Le'Veon Bell. The defense is pretty good. So, again, can the, can the coaching staff, especially Gase, can he can he inspire his guys to do what they gotta do? Or is it is this just another seven and nine, six and ten kind of year? And if it is, Gase may be out in New York. Let's head to Miami. Year two, Brian Flores. You know, last year they were in the mode of the tanking for Tua and all that stuff. They didn't end up tanking. They played really well at the end of the year, very competitive, and they still got Tua in the draft. They, Tua fell to them at number five after the hip injury. They take Tua in the first round. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who it looks like it's going to be the starter early. I think the, I think the Dolphins in a perfect world want to be able to keep Tua out of the lineup for at least half the season, if at all possible. If things get away from them about week eight, week nine, don't be surprised to see Tua come, come start some games. But if in, in, in a perfect world, if you could keep Tua on the bench for six, seven weeks, that'd be the ideal situation. Fitzpatrick played pretty well last year. Remember, he knocked the Patriots out of a home game by going coast-to-coast coast in Foxboro in Week 17. So, uh, again, year two, Flores, he's he's instilling that discipline and that structure in the Miami uh, football team in the front office. They need to keep accumulating pieces on offense. Devontae Parker's finally waking up. Gave him a nice extension. You got Gasicki, the tight end, had a nice year last year. They acquired Jordan Howard in free agency, who could be a rugged, kind of bruising kind of back. They acquired Matt Breida from the 49ers, who's a good little third-down, change-of-pace kind of guy. So they've got some pieces in place. But, again, the defense. Can the defense generate enough pass rush? Can they do enough on defense to keep them in games? Again, Fitzpatrick's going to have his moments where he plays really well, and he's going to have his moments when he's horrific. So, again, a built, another building year. Again, five and eleven last year, uh, but I think I think if you're a Miami Dolphin fan, you're happy with the progress that they made and that they're moving forward. And if Tua can turn into a player, then this could be a quality franchise moving forward. All right, let's head up to Western New York, where the Bills have major division-winning playoff expectations. The Bills came off of ten and six year last year in nineteen. They were a very impressive six and two on the road under Sean McD- uh, Sean McDermott. They had a full meltdown in Houston in the playoffs, up up big in the fourth quarter, end up losing the game in overtime to Deshaun Watson. Again, Josh Allen, Josh, are you going to be able to step up your game to be a sixty five percent sixty to sixty five percent completion guy? You know he has his moments of brilliance. He played very well in the first two and a half quarters in the playoff game. And then played very poorly the last quarter and a half. Can you can you be more consistent completing the routes you gotta complete? He's got a huge arm, he's very mobile, but can you hit the 15-yard crossing route in stride? Can you hit the easy eight-yard out routes? Can you hit the tight end? Can you be more accurate where your guys can run after the catch? That has been his that has been his Achilles heel so far. Huge trade for Stefan Diggs from the Vikings. Gave up a first round pick. Good move there. You got John Brown. You got Cole Beasley. Good running back. A young running back, Devin Singletary, came on last year. You drafted Zach Moss out of Utah. So you got some pieces on offense, but can Josh Allen do what you got to do and take take the appropriate step in year three? The defense is very good in Buffalo. McDermott's an excellent defensive coordinator putting together a defense. You got Lots in Ed Oliver. You got lots of good players on defense in Buffalo. You got Tre'Davious White, one of the elite corners in the league. So again, defense won't be the issue. Kicking game, they just released Hauschka. They've got they're gonna have a new kicker this year. Again, Buffalo's a tough place to kick and punt. How will that? How will those guys do that? Especially if they're young players. Again, special teams is gonna probably win or lose two or three games during the year, uh, and you can't have if you're a playoff caliber team and you blow games cuz you can't make kicks, major problem. So there's your AFC East outlook. I like to me it's a two team race, Buffalo and the Patriots. If if Cam Newton stays healthy, I'll give a slight lean to the Patriots, but if if you're having to play Stidham or Hoyer, then the advantage clearly goes to the Buffalo Bills. I think the Jets and the and the Dolphins will be painting the next teams but I don't see them competing ultimately for the division title. One of those two teams could be in the mix for a while for the seventh wild card seed, but again, I think both those teams are still in rebuilding mode. Let's head to probably one of the most rugged divisions in football, the AFC North, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Let's start in Cleveland, kind of the most disappointing team from a year ago. Fat Freddy Kitchens out as the coach. Kevin Stefanski in offensive coordinator for Minnesota. Um, the Browns finished the year six and ten, very disappointing uh, year in Cleveland. Lots of expectations in 2019. Mayfield, OBJ, Landry, and Joku. You got you had uh, Nick Chubb in company. You did find a running back in Nick Chubb. He is a legit threat, big time running back. You have Kareem Hunt, who's an awesome. Uh, number two guy can can share carries if you have an injury issue. but Baker Mayfield, you gotta play better. had a very, very, very down 2019 season. All the weapons in the world, you got to play better. And again, was that a fact was that a residue of the previous regime in Freddie Kitchens? or is it a, or is it a Baker Mayfield issue? We'll see this year because Stefanski is a very good offensive coach. Good play designer, good play action guy. So we're gonna we're gonna know what Baker Mayfield is or isn't during the 2020 year. They did sign Austin Hooper, big tight end target. Don't be surprised to see Njoku potentially traded here this weekend to somebody. Um, defensively, you got Miles Garrett was signed to a huge extension. You know Garrett had his issue at the end of the year last year involving the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. He served his suspension, has been reinstated. We'll see how that goes. But, again, Cleveland's problems last year were not necessarily defensively. They were more offensively, just in, in, inconsistent, didn't get OBJ enough touches, didn't get, uh, you know, you got playmakers, you got to find ways to use them, and I think Stefanski will help that situation. Uh, but, again, this will be a referendum year for Baker Mayfield to see if he's the guy to move forward. Let's go to Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, MVP huge year in year 2 in Baltimore, devastating uh, offensive attack in Baltimore with the run pass option, 14 and 2 record, but again, had a full collapse in the playoffs, lost the home game to Derrick Henry and the Titans. Lamar Jackson now 0 2 in the playoffs. Can he win the big game? Is he is he a regular season guy or does he have the 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 mental toughness, the fortitude, the wherewithal to get it done in the playoffs, in the pressure-packed moments, that's to be determined. Can he consistently throw the ball when the windows are not so wide open, when there's not so many guys that are running uncovered loose because of that play-action running game? And that's part of his, their allure. And also, can, can Lamar Jackson avoid getting hit? Because that's going to be the downfall for Lamar Jackson is when he gets hit. The more times a guy like him gets hit, Eventually, he's going to break down physically. Offensively, J.K. Dobbins was brought in, drafted out of Ohio State. It's going to be a nice one two punch with Ingram. You got Earl Thomas just released in in Baltimore. Uh, Conduct detrimental. He got to an altercation with another player. Apparently, that wasn't his first altercation since he's been with the Ravens. So the the Ravens cut bait. Earl Thomas is not the same player he was three, four years ago, but he's still a quality player, can contribute. He has not yet been signed, so it agency be interesting to see where he ends up, possibly Dallas. Uh, so, again, I, I would expect Earl Thomas probably to be signed by the end of this week. Again, I would look for him to show up in Dallas would be my guess. Defensively for the Ravens, they're not elite defensively. They're good, not great. I don't love their defense. They've got Humphreys at corner. They've got some, you know, Judon. They've, got, they've always got a good, fundamentally sound defense, but they've not they're not the defense they've been in years past. The best kicker in the league, special teams-wise, you got Justin Tucker coming back. He is the best. They still got a good punter in Sam Cook. So be, again, special they win games ugly. A lot of field goals. You know, Lamar Jackson, they're going to use a lot of clock. They're going to have a lot of time of possession. But can Lamar Jackson, when it's pressure-packed, nut-crunching time, can he deliver come playoff time? Let's go to Pittsburgh. The return of Big Ben after the uh, elbow reconstruction. Big Ben is back, says he's feeling good, seems to be in pretty good shape from what I've seen on TV. But can he stay healthy? Can that arm stay healthy? Can they keep him upright? Okay, so Ben's getting to the twilight of his career. Does he change the way he plays by throwing the ball away more? Or is he still going to stand in there and take those hits, trying to complete that 15, 20, 30-yard ball? I think you're going to see him throw the ball away more to to, to preserve his body and his arm. Can you find a running game at Pittsburgh? A elite running game. You have an elite defense. The acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. That defense was excellent last year. Top five defense, maybe the best defense in football last year. TJ Watt, Dupree. You got Cameron. Uh, you got Cam Hayward. You got great linebackers, good DBs. You got again Minka Fitzpatrick in the back end. Can you find a running game? Can, can James Conner finally do it? I thought that the Steelers would be in the Leonard Fournette business, but they were not. They seem to trust James Conner, but Conner's got to deliver. Can the offensive line create the holes? They're getting a little older in the tooth on the offensive line, but they need to create running lanes to take some of the pressure off Ben because if Ben has to throw the ball 40 times a game, it's not going to be good at the end. Eventually, it's going to break down physically. So you've got uh, 30 throws a game for Ben is what you're looking for. you got a decent uh, running back in James Conner. Uh, Jalen uh, Samuels is okay as a backup, but, again, Connor's got to stay healthy and got to be able to show everybody he can do it. Last but not least, let's go to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, number one pick in the draft, comes to town. LSU product. Had an unbelievable uh, Heisman Trophy winning year at LSU. New era in Cincinnati. No more Andy Dalton, who's off in Dallas as the backup. Zach Taylor, uh, Joe Burrow, tied at the hip. You will know in the next two years whether Zach Taylor is going to be the coach of the future. Not a good uh, run last year. Cincinnati was 2-14. Again, abysmal. Zach Taylor, young coach, offensive guy. Defense is not very good in Cincinnati, but again, this is all about developing Joe Burrow. They just signed Joe Mixon to a four-year extension at running back. He's a very good player. Just drafted in my fantasy league, by the way. A.J. Green is back after his foot problems last year. On the franchise tag, this looks to be his last year in Cincinnati. Either way, whether he retire, this AJ Green will be a guy you will see at the trade deadline, dangled about. I believe. I think if a team is in contention and AJ Green's healthy, I think you're going to see the Bengals move AJ Green, uh, because I don't think he's going to re-sign in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Green's probably got two more good years left in him. He's over 30 now, elite player when his prime, still a very good player. But he needs some help. You got Tyler Boyd on the other side. They drafted the kid out of T. Higgins out of Clemson. You need to find a tight end in Cincinnati. Again, you got a good running back. You got the quarterback of the future. And again, the defense. Not very good on defense last year. Don't expect him to be a whole lot improved on defense this year. But we shall see. In Cincinnati, object number one, Joe Burrow's development. Fortify the offensive line to keep him and give him some weapons. So there's your AFC North preview. Remember, if you, if you got any comments, send me a uh, tweet at kick the fb at kick the fb. And again, you can check us out. Tell your friends about us. We're on Apple Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on the on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, all the big platforms. We are we are on there. And again, you're gonna get great NFL action talk gambling predictions, game predictions throughout the football season all year round, college football, pro football, playoff baseball, all the stuff in the fall going on with the, with the condensed fall schedule. You got Masters coming up, you got the Kentucky Derby this week, so a a very 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 busy fall sports season calendar-wise for you this us the sports viewer that we love the, the those of us that love sports. So, uh, check me out on my radio show. I've got a radio show on AM 860 here in Tampa on Sundays, 11 a.m. We talk, We had Dave Moore, the Buccaneers radio analyst, on the air last week. We're going to have Mike Neighbor from the Saints on this week to preview the Saints and the Buccaneers-Saints week one matchup. All that good stuff. So check us out on AM 860 in Tampa on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Give us a call. I'd love to hear from you last but not least we're gonna go to the afc south the houston texans won the division last year at ten and six you have bill o'brien in full control of that team now there's no question now that he's the guy that's been given the keys to the to the ferrari deandre hopkins major ugly divorce with bill o'brien was eventually was given away to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson in return, and a pedestrian draft pick. A major coup for the Arizona Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins. The uh, Texans did trade for Brandon Cooks. Probably gave up too much for him. But Cooks is a smaller guy receiver, good speed, but he's had major concussion issues in his career. It's a downgrade from DeAndre Hopkins. And he probably makes more money than DeAndre Hopkins at this point of his career. So I don't like. I didn't love that. You got David Johnson as the new back in the backfield. We'll see how that goes. You have uh, Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. He got his deal done. Is Billy O'Brien the answer in Houston? Again, he's won games, won divisions, but is he? Are you? They have for whatever reason they are trusting him with all football operations. He's in charge of all football operations in Houston. JJ Watt defensively. Again, another year of injury. When he's healthy, he's devastating. But he's had a hard time staying healthy the last three to four years. If you keep that guy healthy, he's going to be a double-digit guy. You got Whitney Merciless. They just signed Zach Cunningham to an extension, the linebacker. Uh, again, the back end of that defense has struggled the last couple of years. Um, after Clowney left, Romeo Crennel is no longer calling the defense there. But it would be interesting to see how that defense responds. And, again, you got Deshaun Watson, tremendous quarterback, but do you have enough help for him? Will Fuller has a tough time staying healthy. I like Kenny Stills. The tight ends are okay. But, again, is Kenny Stills, Fuller, and Brandon Cooks enough for Deshaun Watson? He's due for a mega extension, so look for that here pretty soon with Deshaun Watson, the Clemson quarterback. He is due for – he's going to be in the – He'll be be $35 million-plus extension coming for him. Be on the lookout for a monster extension for Deshaun Watson potentially before this season starts. Or if not, by midseason, you will see a uh, mega extension for Deshaun Watson. Let's go to Indianapolis. The Colts finished 7-9 in 2019. Jacoby Brissett being replaced by Phillip Rivers. If you remember, Rivers and Frank Reich had a relationship in, Sandy in when they were in San Diego. He was the offensive coordinator, so that's a good marriage. Rivers is on his last leg. He signed a two-year deal. He may only get one year if he does not play really well. So, uh, again, Rivers knows the offense, knows Frank Reich, but he needs help now at, at this part of his career. He needs a good running game. You have Marlon Mack. You drafted Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. That's going to be a very good one-two punch. We'll be interested to see how those reps get divvied up. Uh, uh, As far as that goes, excellent offensive line. Chris Ballard's done a great job building that uh, offensive line through the draft. You got Quentin Nelson. You got Ryan Kelly. You got some good players on that offensive line. I think if you're Indianapolis, you want to be very balanced. They had to address the wide receiver position in this offseason, and they did. You still have T.Y. Hilton. You uh, drafted Pittman from USC in the second round. You have Paris Campbell coming back, who's been, who's, who's been an injury issue his first couple years in the league. And again, can you find a legit wide receiver to help uh, T.Y. Hilton? Decent tight end in Jack Doyle. Not great, but he's okay. And again, time to make a move in Indianapolis. We've been talking about the Colts for a couple years now. It's time to make a move if you're the Colts. Uh, they do have a very good backup quarterback in Brissett, so he'll be leaving at the end of this year. But, again, as a backup for one year, it's, it's, it's an excellent uh, depth there, lots of playing experience, can do the job. So can Phillip Rivers get it done in Indianapolis? We will see. Let's go to Jacksonville where the tanking is in full effect, man. This is not going to be pretty here in Jacksonville. I got some friends that live in Jacksonville. It's going to be an ugly, ugly year. Thank God there's no fans in the stands. They'd probably be less than twenty-five thousand in Jacksonville. It's going to be that ugly. Uh, you, you you've you've unloaded Fournette, Ramsey, Calais Campbell, and Gakway all in the last year or so. Um, you know you're going with Gardner Minshew, and no 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 offense to him, it was a nice story last year, but he's not a legitimate big-time NFL quarterback. They are definitely uh, building, uh, trying to build their their draft capital to, to make a major run at Trevor Lawrence. And obviously if they lose on the on the uh, on the back end of that that's okay with them because the higher they are the closer they are to getting the, to, to getting Trevor Lawrence I think they're going to be the worst team in the league this year there's um, probably going to be a new regime in Jacksonville most likely at the end of this year was we'll surprised Doug Morone survived last year and David Caldwell but I, I would anticipate uh, unless there's been some assurances already made I, I would expect Doug Morone not to be the coach next year and in Jacksonville, and I wouldn't, and I don't think David Caldwell will be the GM. I think you'll have a new regime. Hopefully, they're drafting. their Their goal is to be honest with you. They want to be in the top two or three in this draft. At worst, and I think they're going to be the worst team in football. I think they're going to be minimum two and at best two and fourteen. Uh, again, gave away Leonard Fournette for nothing. Traded Jalen Ramsey for some draft picks. Calais Campbell was traded, and was traded. Yeah, just just a full meltdown in Jacksonville, and it's going to be an ugly year. Last and not last, and but not least, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee came uh, finished up strong, nine and seven, went all the way to the AFC Championship game behind Tannehill and Derrick Henry. A great postseason run by Mike Vrabel and company. They made the major commitment to Tannehill. Uh, some thought they were going to put him on the franchise tag. Uh, but they make him play it out. But they did sign him to, I believe, a four-year extension. So they are putting their their chips in Tanny Hill's uh, direction. Gotta give him credit. He played very very well last year. I didn't think he had it in him, but he played very well in that in the pat the play action system. When you have the horse like Derrick Henry behind you, you should have some easy throws in your arsenal. He played again. He's mobile. Great great find in AJ Brown in the draft. You got Corey Davis still. You still got good tight ends, Jonu Smith. Again, you got Derrick Henry at running back. The defense has been solid, not great with Vrabel. Vrabel's a defensive guy, so again, I think they're going to continue to, to, to uh, fortify the defense. Can the g- defense jump up a little bit more? They need to be a top. You know, I think their offense is going to be good, not great. Uh, can Tannehill match what he did last year? We'll see. He is clearly the guy now in Tennessee. There's no competition. There's not a guy looking over his shoulder. Uh, and can Derrick Henry stay healthy? Again, he is a workhorse, stud kind of back when he can stay healthy. 20 carries a game, 20 to 25 carries, but you got to keep him healthy. He's a rugged kind of guy. He's only uh, you know you've probably got another two good years of Derrick Henry before he starts to wear down physically. But what a beast he was in the playoffs. Setting all kind of playoff rushing records, and again, I think you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of play action, A.J. Brown, the new number one in uh, Tennessee, no doubt about it. They will definitely be a. uh To me, this is a three three horse race: Indy, Tennessee, Houston. I'm going to give a slight edge to Indy. I think uh, Tennessee is going to come in second, and them and Houston are going to be vying for that six or seventh playoff seed. So, Indy, for me, wins this division. Uh, It's time for them to do it, and I think you're going to see Jacksonville drafting number one overall next year. So there you have it, AFC Preview. Check out our NFC Preview that we've already released last week. You can check it out. AFC Preview next week. We'll be reviewing uh, week one matchups. We'll be talking about some college football, um, breakdowns of week one, NBA playoffs. We had uh, all that good stuff, NHL. So check it out, the next edition. Thanks for watching, the, listening to the 50th episode of the Powers on Sports podcast.